And I want us to just briefly look at um, John chapter 19, and it's going to be up on the screen. It should be there. Jesus here is on the cross, and he's there with his mother, Mary, and he's there with uh, his disciple, John. And this is striking. Think two things that really struck me this Mother's Day that I've not seen before. And it's here. Jesus is looking at Mary and John, and he says to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And Jesus recognized. And this is what was really on my heart this Mother's Day season is because we know that there are some women that whose husbands passed away or they were not able to have kids, or some women that just because of their decisions for Christ and their decisions to serve as missionaries may never have had the opportunity to really find somebody, date, get married, and have kids. And I was just thinking that um, when we think about motherhood, there is something that is, um, there is, something that is, that is so much more prevalent than I think the beauties of the biological life that we live. And that's just the way it is with discipleship. When we follow Christ, like my wife said, everything in our life gets filled with the presence of God. And there's no compartments in the area of our life where it's just me without God. And so when we think about this spiritual motherhood, which was really something on my heart this time, is that Jesus here, and just notice a couple things with me. Number one, Jesus is dying on the cross. He's on the cross. He's being crucified. And it's at that moment of crucifixion. Get this, this is the first thing I want to say. In just a couple minutes I have to share here. Jesus is on the cross. And it's during that moment of crucifixion. That Mary, his mother. Gets the, gets the calling. And the commission to be a spiritual mom. Amen. And I think that if you're in a place. Where you think my motherhood is over. Or I never had motherhood. Or my motherhood failed. Maybe, you're, maybe you feel like you're a failed mother. I think lots of moms think that way. We discover true spiritual motherhood. At the cross. Where all of our things, where all of our stuff is crucified, all of our sins are crucified. Everything is just crucified. And number two, um, I love how Jesus takes care of his mom. <laughs> you know, don't you love that? Like, there's nothing that Jesus doesn't leave anything undone. And at this moment, he's taking care of his mother. The second thing I want to share is we read in, 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 the, in the book of Exodus, in Exodus chapter two, and it's where Moses here. It's the story of Moses where. Where his mom and his mom's name is in Hebrew, it means uh, her glory is God. And she doesn't have a name until later on in the book of Numbers, which is interesting. A lot of times moms are just just we're not we're, they're just not noticed. They're not picked out. They're not even pointed out. And it comes out later. But I think the glory of a mother, a spiritual mother or a biological mother is really the glory of God. And here, here, um, here um, Moses' mother is in a place where he's three months. Moses is three months old. There was a decree by the Pharaoh and the Egyptians that all, all Hebrew boys had to be either killed at birth or thrown into the river of Nile. And so she's at a place where she has to be separated from her son. And I can't imagine, because I'm not a mom, but I can't imagine separation from your kids. I just can't imagine that feeling. I'm a, I have a son. And I feel this in a different way, but I can't imagine what a mother has to go through through, through, the, through the, the, the separation from their child, especially newborn. And I'll make a point about adoption is that when an adoption is such an amazing thing, that one thing that my wife and I learned during fostering the classes to foster was to have compassion on the birth mom. 
because the birth mom has to say goodbye to their, their child. And we have to understand the compassion and the opportunity to minister to a birth mother. But here, Moses is, and Moses doesn't have a name yet. We don't see that he's given a name for the first three months. And then her, his mother puts him in this basket. And instead of tossing him into the river to drown, she puts him in a basket that's very well taken care of. And then she pushes it off. And then her, Moses' sister, Miriam, watches the, watches, watches the little raft go down the river to see what's going to happen to him. And I can't imagine what, what's going through their minds at that point. It's when um, a mother has to say, has to commit their child to, a circ, to God in a circumstance that she has no control of. There was, a, there was a situation in Egypt where, where there was no choice. And it was better for her, her, her to, to send her son off somewhere where he could get picked up trusting the Lord. The point I want to make is this, is that Pharaoh's daughter is bathing, sees the little boy, hears the little boy crying in the, in, the, in the raft, goes and gets him. And then what happens? She takes him out and she says, it's one of the Hebrew boys. And she says, is there a mother from among the Hebrews? that could come and take care of, nurture the child. And they go in and get the mother. I love that story because just like Mary, I'm at the cross with Jesus. At the time of crucifixion and at the time of separation, the things that we lose because of God, things that we lose in circumstances that we have no, that we have no control over are things that are returned to us, but in a little bit of a different way. And that's resurrection. Resurrection means that we lose something we talked about this at Easter, and it comes back to us in a different way. It's beautiful, but it's not ours, right? And I remember as a, as a, as a, young, per, as a young boy, my mom struggled with a lot of things. And I just remember when she found Christ, she would, her Bible, you know, her, she'd be reading her Bible at five in the morning, and just her hunger for God, and that just spoke to me so much. And I remember her saying to me one time, she goes, you know, because my mom and dad, they were lovers and they weren't married. And I came on the scene and then they got married. And they were like, my mom said to me, I was changing you. I remember putting you on the changer. And I just had no idea what to do with you. I was like, what, what do I do with this, you know, this little boy? And she said, at that moment, she just dedicated me to God. And you know something, when we dedicate those things that we love, that are very precious to us, and we dedicate it to God, and we say goodbye to it, and we kind of watch it go down the river, it always comes back to us in a, in a way that is so beautiful and so unique, but we don't get to call it our own. And I'll, the last thing I'll say is this, is that the word Moses is a name that was given to Moses because he was drawn from the water. Being drawn from the water, water just speaks of just the, the full immersion, speaks of baptism, it speaks of Romans chapter 6. It means, it means when we have totally been immersed in the plan and the purpose of God that things maybe have been removed and they come back to us. And you know, Moses' name is drawn from the water. That's another picture of Calvary that when we allow God to remove things from our life, and it's hard, it's not easy as we heard from the ladies earlier, we say yes to God and it comes back to us in a way that like, wow, you know what? The way this came back to me is so much more beautiful than I could have chosen for my own life. And I just want to close with that. As a mom, we discover our mission uh, as, a, as a person, as a human being, as a, as a man, we discover our mission, our calling, our purpose in life, standing at the foot of the cross, seeing Jesus on the cross. We see all of our sins there. We see all of our insufficiencies. We see all of our failures. We see everything there is separated from us. It's no longer us. And God speaks to us. He says, he says, I've got a mission for you. 
I've got a mission for you. And so I just want to close with that. that let's bow our heads for a minute, and I just want to pray. And as the worship team comes up here, um, I just want to pray. First of all, if you're here this morning, and um, maybe you're in a place where you're experiencing some form of separation, uh, you're, maybe it's a type of separation that you're not in control of. Maybe it's a separation that is caused by an unforeseen circumstance like we see with Moses and the government of, of Egypt. Maybe you're in a place where um, you don't even know Christ personally. Maybe you've been religious and you just don't know him. I just want to say to you, reach out to Christ today. Just open your heart and your mind to him and say, just come into my life. Be my personal savior. I want you to wash me and forgive me of all my sins that I might follow you. And when you pray that prayer, you're receiving Christ as your personal savior. That's not where it ends. Jesus says, come and follow me. Become a disciple. Start taking steps in the direction of God in your life, in his word. Come to some midweek events that we're having here, Bible school or other things that we're doing. Get engaged. Get immersed in the body of Christ. And if you hear that you're new here for the first time, it's great to have you. But let's just respond to Christ. And let's all stand together and just close with one worship song.